You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Wednesday, so it's time for Wayne on Wednesday with Wayne McCurry, who's a portfolio manager at FNB Wealth and Investment in Johannesburg. And this podcast is proudly brought to you in association with sharenet.co.za. Wayne, it's a quiet time of year, isn't it? Uh, school holidays, people off here and there. And I know this from the amount of emails I get and also the number of people that I phone up and say, would you like an interview? And they say, no, sorry, I'm in Portugal or something. No, 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 I'm, I'm not on holiday, I'm working. In that case, uh, yeah. you're. Uh, you're and a- I'm not in Portugal. <laughs> I'm in a very cold Johannesburg. You're a Tartar. Yeah, don't be in Europe at the moment because uh, today in Paris it was 41 degrees, in Barcelona it was 44, and in Marseille, south of France, where it's just north of Marseille, 45 degrees, which is far too hot. And Mr. Trump doesn't believe, yes. Mr. Trump doesn't believe in climate change. There's a couple of things that we we need to talk about, and that is the state of a company that last year make, made 664 million profit, I think it was, and this year has lost 407 million. The company's name is Omnia. Their results came out yesterday. How can such a turnaround be affected over just 12 months? There must be something more to it than that. You saw the results yesterday, weren't Yes. Look, the market did warn us about the write-off. That's why when the results came out yesterday, it wasn't treated as a shock by the market. I mean, they were shocking results. Yes. I mean, what else could have gone wrong? Every market they're working in is under severe pressure. Every geography they're working in is under severe pressure, whether it's agricultural or the chemicals or the fertilizer. I mean, they'd have taken 80% right down on their Zimbabwe business because of the introduction of the new dollar. So, you know, what else could have gone wrong for the company? Look, it's a combination, I suppose, as per normal, of two factors. You can't escape the overall macroeconomic environment. You've got massive, massive economic growth issues that we've spoken about so many times in South Africa. No company is that operates in South Africa is immune to that. But then you also got to say to management, you know, this is not new news that the economy is in bad shape. What mitigating steps did you put in place to try and alleviate some of this pressure? And clearly, whatever they did wasn't enough, because look at the results. Yeah, it's the same, I suppose, when you come to Invicta. Invicta's results came out. And Invicta is a company that sort of embodies the South African problem, because yes. 76% of its revenue comes from within our borders. And and there we go with with these numbers, which were embellished by emboldened, maybe another word, by acquisitions, but still a poor performance. Yeah. And, and, and it, it's it's the South African rot extends its tentacles far yeah. and wide. Yes, very much so. And you can you can even make a good argument that Invicta is one of the companies that adapted to the poor circumstances probably a little bit better than other companies, but that certainly didn't absolve them from. Uh, you know, any downturn or, or isolate them from any downturn in the South African economy. And Evictus, you know, it's industrial South Africa, it's mining South Africa, it's forklifts, it's logistics. That's what Invicta is. And, you know, Omnia is, as I said, chemicals, fertilizer and explosives. Now, the whole land issue doesn't help because the farmers are a bit cautious to, you know, overinvest and Mines are a bit cautious to put new capital in. Yes. Although, to be honest, I think the mining side, these guys are making serious cash now. You saw Amplet's results, Kumba's results, Anglo's results. 
The mining companies in South Africa are actually making serious cash now. They combination really of mm. yeah, weaker rand, higher commodity prices, and also they all slashed capital expenditure and closed all of their uh, expensive operations five, four or five years ago. So they should, in theory, start to spend now. Maybe they'll still hold back until whatever political settlement is made on land. But in theory, they should start spending seriously now. But the rest of us are not going to spend a hell of a lot of money until we see, I suppose, more clarity on many, many issues. And unfortunately, the State of the Nation address, even though it was a, it said all the right things, it was virtually completely lacking on detail when and how are these things going to happen. So unfortunately, we sit in the same quagmire here is you, you hope that things are going to get better. You see very tentative steps down the right path in South Africa. But until it becomes far clearer that things are going to get better here, no one's going to spend money. No, indeed. And why should they? But at some point, yes. people have to get confident and say to themselves, well, the worst is over, so let's get on with it. But as you say, the yes. State of the Nation address was anemic, was it not? Yeah, it, it unfortunately was. You know, certainly I was expecting more and the market was expecting more. It's not what the state president said or even what he didn't say. He said all the right things, you know. A lot of people are going to say, ah, but you didn't mention this and ah, but you didn't mention that. But the biggest single thing missing is, guys, we are going to do this by June. We're going to do that by August. And this is how we're going to do it. Yes. And give it a definitive path with a timeline. If we say we're going to change the constitution of the land, the guidelines will be out by the 31st of July. And we will have a parliamentary vote in September and we will change the constitution in November, and these are the guidelines we are going to use to draft the parliamentary bill. Then we know what's happening. Right. You know, and this is obviously nothing to do with land, but the funny thing with people and companies and the environment, as long as you know the rules, you might not agree with the rules, you might not like the rules, but if you know the rules, you can make a decision. It's the uncertainty that's actually damaging. Yeah, but the, and the uncertainty veil has not been lifted. That's the, that's the problem here. Unfortunately not. Because so A couple every, of things... No, just before you go on, every set, set of results I've, I've seen in the last uh, few weeks has said, well, we had yeah. this, all this uncertainty ahead of the election, and that, uh, that meant uh, yeah. there was subdued spending from all of our customers, that sort of thing. Correct. And they're the, the economy not doing so well, and this sector not doing so well, and the overseas markets being uncertain, and Zimbabwe doing this and that. It's just a, a yeah. long, long list of excuses, which yes. I suppose are justifiable excuses, Wayne. But when are we going to yes. get with out of this, this, this blame game that we're, we're, we're playing at the moment? Yeah, we're blaming I, I think, everybody. I think, I think three or four things, Lindsay. Yes. First of all, when a company reports bad when a company reports bad results, they're going to you know, clutch onto any excuse they can lay their hands on, yes. other than saying it's our fault. Okay, so that, but that's normal. That's business. That's, that, that's fine. In the SONA, the state, the only definitive things the state president said was that data costs are too high and that state-owned enterprises are going to release land to go to land redistribution without compensation. He doesn't say when and how much, which is a fault. 
But at least that was a definitive thing, and he said they're going to revisit the visa requirements. But also not when is it going to be done, by when will we have the new things. So that was the only definitive story. But, and this is a little theme I've been on about, and maybe I'm sort of almost jumping on a, a bit of a bandwagon here, but the last thing he said in the State of the Nation address to me was the most important. Yes. And he said the biggest problem in South Africa is a lack of common purpose and common understanding and common consensus. Everyone's at, we need, we need a new social compact in South Africa. Everyone is at everyone else's throat. That's a social problem. And no particular parties to blame. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But how we get there, I don't know. But that's what we need is, is the major power players, government, business, labor, organizations, We've all got to get together and say, right, guys, for us to tackle our problems, we simply have got to do this. We have got to right-size the state-owned enterprises so that they can become self-sustaining. We've, 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 got to increase, we've got to increase the expenditure to education. We've got to resolve this land issue. We've got to resolve the policy uncertainty. And we must all sit together, political parties, everyone, yes. and just say, this, we agree on the following five things. That it doesn't matter whether you rich or poor or vote ANC or EFF or DA. Guys, for the good of the country, we agree on the following things. How you get there, I don't know, but that is what we need. You know, and, and, and unfortunately, in the last 10 years, that has been totally and utterly destroyed. I mean, the, the social compact within the ANC has been destroyed, let alone the social compact in the whole country. I mean, literally no one trusts any other major, no one power, no one unit trusts any other unit in the country. And that can only come from government and from leadership because that's what they are. They are the country's leaders. Well, that, how we get there, I just don't know. Nor do I. And Wayne, when you say that it's all to do with the social compact, as you call it, or as they call it, makes me very fearful because <laughs> we've got social problems and economic problems and therefore socioeconomic problems. So how do we get out of it? It's a spiralling momentum of doom. Otherwise, 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 in 20 years' time, we won't even recognise this country unless we make the corrective steps now. So we've got to do... Things we've got to say, chaps, look, it's a terrible thing and it's not the workers' fault, but the state-owned enterprises are overstaffed and the only way they can be sustainable without constant bailouts is we have to get rid of 10,000 people. However, what we will do with those 10,000, we will reskill, we will retrain, we will give them a proper retrenchment package. It will be paid for by the, tax, by the taxpayers and the taxpayers must agree to this compact and we must all sign up for it and we must all agree that this is the right route that we have got to take and these are the steps that are necessary. We've got to privatize SAA. It, it, it is just a complete and utter disaster. SABC and Den and Denel can't even pay salaries, let alone creditors, let alone suppliers, mm. yeah. let alone their electricity and water bill and rates and taxes bill. I mean, they can't even pay salaries. I mean, this is such dire circumstances that they're in. And our government debt, if you add in the Eskom bill onto it, it's massively high. It cannot continue es escalating. 
Because then we go junk status first level, then we go junk status second level, and then all of a sudden we're paying 15% interest rates in the country. Then all of a sudden we get quantity easing now becoming an actual policy and we start spending money and the next thing you're in a death spot. You're quite right. But you must not be negative. Okay, let's not be negative. Give us a couple of positives. What are you doing at the moment, Wayne, as we close this conversation? Because uh, you've, you've, you've actually made me quite negative when you talk about the social compact and everyone getting together because I see f- lots of fractions within South African society. Let's start with the economy and start with the JSE Securities Exchange. What do you like at the moment? Well, I still like, because I am maybe incorrectly an eternal optimist, I think we'll actually are at the bottom or past the bottom or approaching the bottom in South Africa, economically, socially, politically. I think the new state president is very tentatively walking down the right path. And if that's right, then South African-orientated shares, banks and retailers are just cheap. Mm-hmm. And they have been pounded. They've had a bit of a recovery over the last four or five months, but they've been pounded. SA-listed property has been Pound it for its, for its own fault and for macroeconomic reasons, but it looks cheap. So if you believe that the future is better than the past, I'm not saying that the future is good. I'm just saying that the future is better than the past. These shares can show you reasonably good capital uh, returns. Okay. But of course, if Donald Trump declares trade wars on China, <laughs> it doesn't matter what we do here, we're all in trouble. Yes, we are. So uh, it's it's... it's There are big uncertainties around. There are indeed. But Wayne, those uncertainties will clear. And as everyone says, well, South Africans are so resilient and this and that and etc. The Proteas weren't resilient during the Cricket World Cup. That's that's another matter. Will we be resilient in the face of a fractious social compact? I don't know. But Wayne, thank you very much for your insight. Sobering as it was, that's Wayne McCurry from FNB Wealth and Investment. That podcast was proudly brought to you in association with sharenet.co.za.